Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey there. So happy to join with you today. I'm still in Greece. And we are blessed. Yes, we are to join together. Transcending time and space by means of the internet. And uh, I know most people listen uh, online later or get the downloads. And by the way, I'll just mention... We've got uh, well over 150 episodes of this radio show. We've been doing it for three years now. And episodes with Gary Renard and Ken Wapnick and David Hoffmeister and John Mundy and Rhonda Britton and Tamma Keeves and all my Living A Course of Miracles friends. And you can get all of them downloaded for free at iTunes. Just search for me, Jennifer Hadley, at iTunes. And if you value the radio show, would you write a review while you're at iTunes? The more reviews that people write, the more iTunes shows it to people and promotes it because people are saying it's a value. And since it's all totally free, over 150 hours of uh, broadcast, why not Pay it forward with a review. All right. That said, let's place our hand on our heart and be so grateful and so thankful that the love of God is all that there is and it's awakened alive in our hearts and minds right now. We're joining together. We are the two or more who are gathered. We call the name of God, and in the name of God, beloved, I am that I am. We declare that we are worthy of our healing. We're worthy of our awakening. We are willing to choose love, to choose peace, to choose harmony, to take a stand for love and light. We're willing to recognize, to see, and to know ourselves as beings of pure light and see our brothers and sisters as they truly are as well. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) Feels so good. Yes. (laughs) And uh, our... uh, Just having a little technical moment here. Um, Our show today is... Uh, one of my favorite topics, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it, it comes from chapter 3, section 6 in the text, Judgment and the Authority pro- Problem is the name of it. And uh, I'm calling this show, Get Your Peace Back. Yes, so this section tells us how to do it so clearly 
And I love that. Oh, my God. I love that about A Course in Miracles, how crystal clear it is all the time. So it says here, chapter 3, section 6, After the last judgment, there will be no more. Judgment is symbolic because, beyond perception, there is no judgment. So in our human experience of the illusion, we perceive what we see, and our perception is projection. So beyond projection and perception, there's knowledge, and knowledge does not involve judgment. So after the last judgment... (laughs) There will be no more. Judgment is symbolic because beyond perception in our real life, there is no judgment. When the Bible says, judge not, that ye be not judged, it means that if you judge the reality of others, you will be unable to avoid judging your own. So this is why I say the judger always feels judged. So if you would like to feel judged... If you'd like to feel persecuted, if you'd like to feel unworthy, if you would like to feel like there's something wrong with you, that you're bad, that you're not good, then feel free to judge other people. That's what it's saying. If you judge the reality of others, you will be unable to avoid judging your own reality, and you will be mistaken. The judger always feels judged. And I don't know about you, but I don't like feeling judged. And I'm not interested in it anymore. So I'm not interested in judging myself or others. Now, check this out. It says, The choice to judge rather than to know is the cause of loss of peace. The choice to judge rather than to know is the cause of loss of peace. So... What happens in our human experience is people decide that their loss of peace or their inability to experience peace or the feeling like peace is out of range is because they think that peace is contingent upon upon things in the world of effects, that peace is conditional. And so this is part of the human egoic experience, that we think that love is conditional, peace is conditional, joy is conditional, freedom is conditional, wholeness is conditional. Over and over and over again, we think that things are conditional. So remember, our perception is a projection. So when we're perceiving that our peace is conditional, it's a projection of our mind. So all we're seeing on the screen of our life is what we believe in our thoughts. So if we'd like to have clear perception beyond projection, that's knowledge. So why settle for regurgitated, rehashed, warmed-over judgments as our perceptions when we could have brand spanking new, perfect, eternal, infinite knowledge. I mean, why settle for judgment when you can have knowledge? 
The choice to judge rather than to know is the cause of loss of peace. So if you think that your peace is lost because of what someone did or didn't do, because of what you have or what you don't have, you are clearly mistaken. So just start telling yourself, I can have peace instead of this. Because if you're not experiencing peace, it's always, always because you're judging. This is what A Course in Miracles says. The choice to judge rather than to know is the cause of loss of peace. If you think that your peace is lost because your house burned down or because your business went bankrupt or because your spouse died, it's not that. It's really because you're in judgment. And that is a lesson that many of us reject millions and millions and millions of times before we finally are willing to have the Holy Spirit teach us the truth. So it says here, judgment is the process on which perception but not knowledge rests. So judgment and perception go together, but not knowledge. Knowledge is the eternal, infinite knowledge of God, which is unchanging, not based on circumstances, not conditional. And Jesus says to us here, I've discussed this before in terms of the selectivity of perception, pointing out that evaluation is its obvious prerequisite. Okay, so evaluation, we evaluate our circumstances, situations, our relationships, right? We evaluate them based on our previous experience. Now, in the past, we've been held prisoner by our judgment. So how good are our evaluative skills? They're not so great. So we don't need to evaluate anything. We can just wait upon the Holy Spirit to inform us, to lead us and guide us. And that requires trust, which is why I constantly go back to that development of trust section in the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 4, The Characteristics of God's Teachers. The first characteristic is trust. Trust, trust, trust. Trust opens the door to this knowledge that Jesus is telling us about here. So it says, judgment always involves rejection. That is interesting. Judgment, it always involves rejection. It never emphasizes only the positive aspects of what is judged, whether in you or in others. What has been perceived and rejected or judged and found wanting remains in your mind because it has been perceived. Okay, so one of the great benefits of doing the workbook lessons is you clear the clutter of your mind. So here Jesus is referring to what has been perceived and rejected or judged and found wanting remains in your mind. It remains as clutter in your mind. And many spiritual students are not able to know the truth 
because their mind is so filled with clutter. It's so filled with judgments. It's so filled with thoughts of lack and limitation, lack and attack. And what many spiritual students do is they have judged themselves as unworthy, not good enough, incapable of awakening. So many spiritual students that I meet judge themselves as not being capable of awakening. They feel they're unworthy. And why is this? Because they're not able to be consistently loving. They're not able to keep their own agreements. They're inconsistent. And so they think, if I'm inconsistent, how am I ever going to wake up? How, have I, how am I ever going to attain enlightenment? I take class after class. I read book after book. And yet, I'm still inconsistent. I still don't have a strong spiritual practice. I still give myself permission to think thoughts of lack and attack. Therefore, I can never wake up. I am incapable of it. This could not be further from the truth. It, again, is just another perception, another judgment. The judger always feels judged. The attacker always feels attacked, and the lover always feels beloved. So what I learned was, as I used to feel that way, I used to feel like, oh, enlightenment's for other people, but not for me. But then I decided, I'm waking up. That's what I'm doing. That's what my life is for. That's what it's about, and that is what I am doing. So whether I'm making dinner or doing the laundry or teaching a class or going to the grocery store, whatever I'm doing, I am waking up while I'm doing it. And every part of my day, every aspect of it is an opportunity for me to be more loving and to choose again. And every little irritation and frustration is an opportunity to choose again. So. I made a decision to clear the clutter. So it says here, what has been perceived and rejected or judged and found wanting remains in your mind because it has been perceived. Now remember, all that you're going to perceive is the projection of your beliefs. So, in other words, your beliefs remain in your mind. They don't get healed when what has been perceived and rejected or judged and found wanting. This is so important to understand. So, for me, I made my focus clearing the clutter, releasing the judgments, recognizing, A, I'm never upset for the reason I think, B, I don't know what anything is for. And C, I am only interested in the thoughts I think with God, not my opinions and judgments or the opinions and judgments of the ego. Now, I love this. It says, one of the illusions from which you suffer is the belief that what you judged against has no effect. And, oh, I sure used to believe that, that my judgments had no effect. And I truly believed that I could judge, judge, judge away in my mind, and it would not impact my life. It would not impact the world that I saw. I so completely believed that. I really was convinced of it. And I could not have been more wrong 
it was definitely one of the illusions from which I suffered. So it says, this cannot be true, unless you also believe that what you judged against does not exist. Aha! So, (laughs) if you recognize that your judgments against what you experience in the illusion have no power because the illusion has no power. It's a appearance in the mind that is, as A Course in Miracles teaches, not real. That which is real is eternal. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. But it says you evidently don't believe this or you would not have judged against it. So you wouldn't bother to judge anything unless you thought it was real. So how you know that you're making the illusion real, which further ties you to it, is you judge it. You wouldn't bother to judge it and further tie yourself to it through that perception, through affirming that belief system, you wouldn't do any of that if you knew how much suffering you were causing yourself. I sure wouldn't have done it had I known. And what happened for me was I began to realize that there was a veil in my mind that I did not want to see the truth. So here I was, a dedicated truth student who didn't really want to see the truth. I preferred to hold on to my judgments, my upsets, rather than to be liberated and to align with eternal truth, true freedom. So when I realized the error of my ways, I said, I want my peace back. I'm interested in peace. That is what I am going for. And giving up the judgments was my way to get back to peace. Not that I've ever previously known it in this lifetime. So it says, either way, whether your judgment is right or wrong, in the end it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, either way, you're placing your belief in the unreal, in the illusion. This can't be avoided in any type of judgment because it implies the belief that reality is yours to select from. Reality is beyond this world. It is our true identity. It is our eternal loving nature. That is true reality. And it's not ours to select from. It says you've no idea of the tremendous release and deep peace that comes from meeting yourself and your brothers totally without judgment. No idea. Let us discover that truth. What the tremendous release and deep peace that comes from meeting yourself and your brothers totally without judgment. So this week we've got two more classes at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Last week's classes with David Hoffmeister were so good. So good. I invite you to check out the classes and join us at livingacourseofmiracles.com. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. 
where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley. Thanks for coming back with me. And this week at Living a Course in Miracles, if you'd care to join us where all the classes are free, we have Maria Felipe, and our topic is Miracles in Healing. Our whole theme this time is Allowing the Miracle. And then next week we have Regina Dawn Akers with Miracles in Self-Love. Remember, all the classes are free at livingacourseinmiracles.com. We also have wonderful study group support there. If you'd like to list your study group, and we have a Facebook group, Course in Miracles Study Group Leaders at Facebook. If you'd like support in becoming a study group leader, we have a library of study group leader calls, informational calls at livingacourseinmiracles.com where membership is free, everything is free. <sighs> so it says here, you have no idea we're in the uh, chapter 3. Section 6, Judgment and the Authority Problem. You have no idea of the tremendous release and deep peace that comes from meeting yourself and your brothers totally without judgment. We have no idea. Let us discover that. (laughs) Let us discover the tremendous release and deep peace that comes from meeting yourself and your brothers totally without judgment. When you recognize what you are and what your brothers are you will realize that judging them in any way is without meaning. So if you think about, well, now I think about how many years I have spent suffering, suffering and suffering and suffering because of my judgments, judging myself and judging others, and all of it was without meaning. It impeded my happiness, it blocked my experience of peace, it brought all kinds of suffering into my life, and is completely without meaning. At the end of the day, it's meaningless. So if you think about, like right now, if you just think about someone that you really judge, and maybe it's yourself, someone that you hold in the prison of your mind, that they are not free in your mind. You're, in your mind, you're poking them full of holes. You're sticking pins in them in your mind. Uh, in the voodoo doll of your mind, you are torturing them. You're attacking them. You're judging and judging and judging and judging them over and over again. If you think of that person right now and you think of how much how much you've invested in that those thoughts of lack and attack, limitation and separation, and how much energy that you've put into probably, if you're anything like me, self-medicating because you've created so much suffering for yourself. 
If you think of how many hours you have invested in talking with loved ones, friends, co-workers, colleagues, uh, fellow students, and even complete strangers and therapists about your judgments, your perceptions of judgment, separating the, the good from the bad, the right from the wrong, judge, 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 judge. If you think about how many hours of your life you have invested in actively judging and or dealing with the suffering caused by your judgment, dealing with the lack of prosperity, the lack of health, mental health, physical health, the the seeming lack of love in your relationships, if you add it all up, how much of your life is invested in judging and then managing and coping with the suffering caused by the judging? When you add up all of that and then you look at it and you say, okay, it's completely meaningless. Completely and totally without meaning. It says, when you recognize what you are and what your brothers are, you will realize that judging them and yourself in any way is completely without meaning. So, you can imagine we're going to have like a Homer Simpson moment in uh, in our awakening when we realize, don't, ah, what a huge, massive waste of my precious, precious life. I could have been truly helpful, right? This is what A Course in Miracles gives us this beautiful prayer. I am here only to be truly helpful. So I could have fulfilled my purpose. I could have fulfilled my function in this world, which is to forgive, which is to release the judgment. That's what true forgiveness is. It is the full release of all judgment. So judgment is without meaning. In fact, the judgments, their meaning is lost to you precisely because you are judging them. Uh, The meaning of our brothers and sisters is lost to us precisely because we are judging them. All certainty comes from the belief that you're under the coercion of judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, all uncertainty comes from the belief that you are under the coercion of judgment. Gosh, I sure remember feeling that I couldn't help but believe this or that. I couldn't help but judge. It says, you do not need judgment to organize your life, and you certainly do not need it to organize yourself. In the presence of knowledge, all judgment is automatically suspended. And this is the process that enables recognition to replace perception. Now, let's look at that word recognition. Recognition. To recognize. To remember. Our true identity is to recognize. To recognize is to see again with new eyes. Recognize. And cognition is with the mind. It's not with the body's eyes. So we're seeing with inner sight, inner vision. 
in the presence of knowledge, all judgment is automatically suspended. And this is the process that enables recognition to replace perception. So what about this as a prayer? Let me recognize the truth. Let me recognize the truth. Let me remember the truth so that I may be free to be truly helpful. Just take a breath on that. Let me recognize the truth in order to be truly helpful. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. Let me recognize the truth in order to be truly helpful. Mm. You are very fearful of everything you've perceived but have refused to accept. You believe that because you've refused to accept it, you have lost control over it. This is why you see it in nightmares or in pleasant disguises in what seem to be your happier dreams. Nothing that you have refused to accept can be brought into awareness. It's not dangerous in itself, but you have made it seem dangerous to you. So remember that when we're judging, 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 what we're doing is we're blocking that knowledge. We're blocking that recognition. We're blocking the truth. Why? Because we're enamored of the meaning that we have made of things. We're focusing our full attention on the meaning that we have made of things, so we're not available to the truth, right? This is why the first lesson of A Course in Miracles is nothing I see in this room means anything. That's right. Nothing I see means anything. I have given everything I see all the meaning that it has for me. Right? So all I'm doing is perceiving what I believe. And then we get to lesson 20. I am determined to see. Your decision to see is all that vision requires. In your determination to see, is vision given to you? Yes. And it says here, what you desire, you will see. Such is the real law of cause and effect as it operates in this world. What you desire is what you will see. So, perception is projection. What we're perceiving is the outpicturing of our belief system. But we can trade that all in for knowledge. If we're willing to recognize, recognize. And what is recognize? Another way to say it? Choose again. Yes, choose again. So often it comes back to that. Choosing again. So if we're in judgment, if we're in opinion, if our mind has wandered to lack an attack, let us choose again. And what is the best and highest choice that we can make in any moment is you decide for me. 
saying to the higher Holy Spirit self, decide for me, help me to recognize, help me to see with divine vision, I am determined to see, I am determined to know the truth. Yes. Oh my goodness, yes. This is the greatest thing that we can do. This is how we become truly helpful. Mm-hmm. I love this. It says, when you feel tired, check this out. This is so powerful. When you feel tired, I'm back in chapter 3, section 6 again. When you feel tired, it's because you have judged yourself as capable of being tired. It means you think that you're a body. When you laugh at someone, it's because you've judged them as unworthy. When you laugh at yourself, you must laugh at others. If only because you cannot tolerate the idea of being more unworthy than they are. Mm-hmm. So if you judge yourself, you will judge others more harshly. If you judge others, you will judge yourself. And that's why when I find myself judging, I sing my little judgment song. <laughs> judge, 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 judge. Because it makes me laugh. It makes me change my mind and realize that all that judgment is meaningless. Why would I want to invest my mind, my precious awareness and attention in something that's meaningless? I have invested so many years of my life in that which is completely and wholly without meaning, in that which was the cause of my suffering to the point of self-medicating and hurting myself and hating myself and wanting to kill myself. That's how much I allowed myself to descend into judgment and suffer. Mm-hmm. When you laugh at yourself, you must laugh at others, if only because you cannot tolerate the idea of being more unworthy than they are. So even people who feel so unworthy, even people who feel that everyone is better than them, everyone is better off than them, everyone is smarter than them, everyone has it better than them, still the mind won't let you feel more unworthy. You'll still be attacking and judging. All this makes you feel tired. Because it is essentially disheartening. That's what tires us out, is this disheartening. You are not really capable of being tired, but you are very capable of wearying yourself. The strain of constant judgment is virtually intolerable. The strain of constant judgment is virtually intolerable. Yeah, I would agree with that. It made me want to kill myself. It is curious that an ability so debilitating would be so deeply cherished. Think about, have you ever done this? Have you ever gotten together with somebody, a friend, a loved one, a co-worker, and you were excited to join with them in judging, in complaining, in gossiping? It is curious that an ability so debilitating 
would be so deeply cherished, right? The ego delights in it. Yet, if you wish to be the author of reality, which is love, you will insist on holding on to judgment. I'm sorry. If you wish to be the author of reality with a small r, reality, your sense of what you think reality is, you will insist on holding on to judgment. You will also regard judgment with fear. Remember, the judger always feels judged, believing that it will someday be used against you. And that's that idea of the last judgment where God is going to judge you is not good enough. It says here, God offers only mercy. Your words should reflect only mercy because that is what you have received and that is what you should give. Yes, God offers only mercy. So let us offer mercy to our brothers and sisters and to ourselves. And isn't that what forgiveness is? The release of judgment? Isn't forgiveness compassion, love, understanding? Let's open our hearts at that level. Oh, taking a breath with me. I invite you to check out the classes this week at livingacourseofmiracles.com. They're totally free. Our topic this week with Maria Felipe is miracles and healing. Are you ready for a miracle and healing of the mind and the emotions? Let's do it. Miracles are our inheritance. Yes. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we are living the love and we're walking the talk. And I'll be right back. You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day, in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. And our topic this week is get your peace back. Oh, yeah. Get your groove back, get your peace back. And we're in uh, Chapter 3 of the text, Section 6, Judgment and the Authority Problem. So let us get to the authority problem. Ha-ha. So, we're talking about how judgment interferes with our ability to know the truth. And how it's completely meaningless, a giant waste of time, so destructive, and creates so much misery and suffering. Oh my goodness, yes, yes, yes. So, let's get the clarity here about the authority. So Jesus tells us here 
God offers only mercy. Your words should reflect only mercy because that is what you have received and that is what you should give. Justice is a temporary expedient or an attempt to teach you the meaning of mercy. It is judgmental only because you are capable of injustice. So as long as we're experiencing this illusion, we're capable of injustice, which means holding resentments, attack thoughts, limiting thoughts against ourselves and our brothers and sisters. So becoming merciful is really releasing the judgment and having compassion. Now, I love this. He says here, I have spoken of different symptoms. Okay, now, and I'm going to share with you here that, for instance, uh, fear is a symptom of judgment. So fear is not the problem. It's the judgment that causes the fear. Because when we have a judgment, we're basically saying, I'm going to be the God of this world, and I'm not interested in the God of love, mercy, and compassion. I am interested in my own judgments and in injustice (laughs) and in condemnation, right? So then, of course, what's going to be the effect that is caused by condemnation, the feeling of being imprisoned, the feeling of being condemned. So judgment is condemnation. Who among us desires to feel condemned? Well, if we're feeling guilty, if we're feeling this unconscious guilt for having attacked God, and if we attack ourselves, our brothers, our sisters, we're attacking God because God is all that there is, then we might feel deserving of condemnation. But that doesn't make it so. So, I've spoken of different symptoms, and at that level, the level of symptoms, there is almost endless variation, right? Variation meaning manifestation in form. Form is physical, emotional, circumstantial. There is, however, only one cause for all of the varieties of symptoms, and that is the authority problem. This is the root of all evil. Aha! So money is not the root of all evil. The authority problem is the root of all evil. Check this out. Every symptom the ego makes involves a contradiction in terms because the mind is split between the ego and the Holy Spirit. So that whatever the ego makes is incomplete and contradictory, right? So whenever there's fear, there's evidence of conflict. This is what we learned in chapter 2 of the text. Now, we're discovering that the authority problem is the root of all evil. And it says here, This untenable position is the result of the authority problem which... Because it accepts the one inconceivable thought as its premise can produce only ideas that are inconceivable. What is the inconceivable thought that is its premise? That we could be separate from God. So, 
The issue of authority is really a question of authorship. I love this. The issue of authority is really a question of authorship. When you have an authority problem, it is always because you believe you are the author of yourself and project your delusion onto others. So if you believe you're the author of yourself, you're the author of your identity, you will have an authority problem and project your delusion onto others. So remember, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. There's only one. This is why the beautiful teachings of be the change you'd like to see in the world. Be it. Be it to see it. It says here, when you have an authority problem, it is always because you believe you are the author of yourself and project your delusion. Now, it's not just an illusion. It's a delusion onto others. You then perceive the situation as one in which others are literally fighting you for your authorship. Have you ever had that experience of people trying to manage, control, and manipulate you? Have you ever had the desire to manage, control, and manipulate others? This is what Jesus is saying here. Fighting for authorship. This is the fundamental error of all those who believe they have usurped the power of God. So if you are looking at the world that you made, that you projected, from your false beliefs, if you're looking at that world and you're blaming any part of it on anyone else and you're not taking responsibility then what you're doing is you're really saying (laughs) that, you know, it's it's just this crazy, crazy, crazy situation where you are the one who's deluded and you are projecting this illusion of separation, lack, and limitation, blaming it on others. And it is our judgments that literally push God out of our awareness. Because when we give ourselves permission to say, this is right and this is wrong, and this is good and this is bad, and I know I am the authority here, when that happens, then we're literally creating such distress and mess for ourselves because we're saying God does not exist in this world. God is not part of us. God is gone. Therefore, I must be in control. I must manage and manipulate. I must fight for my authority. This is the fundamental error of all those who believe they have usurped the power of God. This belief is very frightening to them but hardly troubles God. So what could be more terrifying than you actively deciding that you're in charge of the world, right? But when we go into judgment, 
That's what we're doing. We're saying, I am the God of this world. It's terrifying. That's why it says, this belief is very frightening, but hardly troubles God. God is, however, eager to undo it, not to punish his children, but only because he knows that it makes them unhappy. God's creations are given their true authorship, but you prefer to be anonymous when you choose to separate yourself from your author. So our true identity is one with the Father, Mother, God. Our true identity is the Christ. The Christ is the Son of God. So the Holy Trinity is the Father, the Mother, which is the Holy Spirit, and the Child, the Son of God, the Christ Presence. So let us recognize our true identity rather than be anonymous without identity. When we choose to be separate, We're choosing to release our true identity to a meaningless identity. Being uncertain of your true authorship, you believe that your creation was anonymous. This leaves you in a position where it sounds meaningful to believe that you created yourself. This dispute over authorship has left such uncertainty in your mind that it may even doubt whether you really exist at all. Yes, this is so common. Oh my gosh, peace is a natural heritage of spirit. Everyone is free to refuse to accept his inheritance, but he is not free to establish what his inheritance is. So here is the story come once again of the prodigal son. We may have squandered our inheritance, and yet the mother-father God is welcoming us home. We are that prodigal son, and it's time for us to go home. (laughs) And our inheritance can only seem to be squandered in this world. Because our inheritance is, in actuality, eternal, unending, unchangeable. It is the kingdom. The kingdom come. Thy will be done. Yes. All fear comes ultimately, and sometimes by way of very devious roots, from the denial of authorship. So let us recognize that we are created in the image and likeness of God. This is our true identity. This is our inheritance. We are the Son of God. We are the Son of God. And like God, our name is the same as God's. Our name is the name of God. Yes. As the Son's name is the same as the Father's, And all the children of the Father have the same name. We have that holy name. I am that I am. Yes. Yes, yes. There is no one who does not feel that he is imprisoned in some way. If this is the result of his own free will, 
he must regard his will as not free, or the circular reasoning, reasoning in this position would be quite apparent. Free will must lead to freedom. So let us align our free will with divine will. That is the path of freedom, and this is how we get our peace back. Remember, what I said earlier in this section, the choice to judge rather than to know is the cause of the loss of peace. Let us be still and know I am God. Judgment always imprisons because it separates segments of reality by the unstable scales of desire. Wishes are not facts. To wish is to imply that willing is not sufficient. Let us align with divine will. No one in his right mind believes that what he wished, what is wished, is as real as what is willed. Wishing and willing. Let's look at those two differences. Instead of seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, say, will ye first the kingdom of heaven? And you have said, I know what I am, and I accept my own inheritance. Will ye first the kingdom of heaven? So let us align with divine will and will the kingdom of heaven in our hearts and in our minds. Oh, this week at livingacourseofmiracles.com, we've got two free classes with Maria Felipe and myself and our topic is miracles in healing won't you join us for two free classes this week oh, so let us will the kingdom of heaven let us go home now and accept our inheritance with our hand on our heart we declare that we are willing to know the truth that sets us free and to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them in grace and gratitude we simply allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining me this week. I love you and appreciate you. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Mwah. Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way, online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.